welcome to the Jammiest Bits of Jam storytelling podcast, where we share short stories, rough drafts really, based on a theme and given on a dare. Where are your hosts? Christina Kishbot and Cassie Soliday. Okay, so we're recording and uh, we'll start our awkward um, intro. Hey, <laughs> it's Jammiest Bits of Jam back again. Uh, today... We have a guest, yep. Teresa M. Douglas. Thank Yay. you for coming. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, you are a writer, a satirist, um, soon to be podcast producer. Can you give, <laughs> like, introduce us to everything that is Teresa? Well, we'll just give you the, the short what's fit for print. Um, my, I am Teresa. I live in Vancouver, Canada. I'm originally from San Jose, California, and I am a satirist. I am a comedian. That's not always the same thing. Um, I write mm. a lot of different things. So I started writing at 13. I, I wrote a novel that was very bad. Um, that was fantasy. I Fantasy and science fiction are close to my heart. But currently, I'm writing creative nonfiction because this whole COVID thing happened. And I decided I wanted to document just some of the things that happened in what I thought was going to be a year of this nonsense with me and my children. And so I'm doing that right now. And I, I just write a little bit of, of things as as my curiosity takes me. That's cool. I love it. Yeah. I love that. So this novel you wrote, way to go into like the <laughs> hardest genre <laughs> to, 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 in my opinion, write for just because of the whole world building and like, um, I do feel know, like it's rules. It's like the most yeah. exciting genre for a 13 year old, though. So that does. Mm, it was, that's true. I, I will just say props to my freshman year teacher who had read a couple of things that I had written for school. And when he returned them to me, he wrote in pencil at the top publish question Aww. and Sweet. i thought wow that i i i could there are people right i maybe i should publish things and then he read my terrible novel written in a five subject spiral notebook college ruled pages in pencil yes and he took it home like over the weekend and just gave so much encouragement that I think that's one of the reasons I took myself seriously as a writer as a teenager. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Clem. If you're listening, Yay! You, you're that's awesome. Amazing. Teachers changing lives. Yes. Once again. So we, we will also blame you for all of this. So that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell. I, I mean, I, there are other things I've done with my life, but I have an MFA in fiction and an MBA, which means I'm a professional BSer. Yes. So that's the other thing you know about me. You're warm. It's very good. So, <laughs> so I've known you for a little over a year now. How much of what we've talked about has been BS? I'm just kidding. <laughs> this tell. is actually no, called no. Call Out Podcast. We tell people that it's <laughs> a storytelling podcast, but we really just bring our friends on and just call them out on stuff. It was all true, Cassie. Everything <laughs> Okay, great. Somet <laughs> sometimes I really need those words of encouragement, and I just wanted to make sure that you weren't lying. <laughs> well, you are you are awesome. And everybody who hasn't read Cassie's humor and especially seen her wonderful line drawings, I'm calling you out. Um, she's mm -hmm. had some lovely pieces, including in The New Yorker. If you've heard of that magazine. Thanks. 
Your, your check will be in the mail and a day tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to do that, but thank you. Um, so you've brought a piece today to share with us in the vein of creating creative nonfiction, right? Mm-hmm, yes. So this, this piece is called Every Stitch a Goodbye Kiss. Oh. Mm. Is there anything we need to know ahead of time? Wait, we'll ask questions following up so you can feel free to not tell us anything. Yeah, you don't need to know anything. I, I'm a firm believer that if a story is not explainable by you just reading it, then I have failed as an author. So, Ooh, that's so true. That's a we're, we're just, good rule of thumb, I think. Yeah. There you go. Teresa teaching us all today. All those <laughs> master degrees. <laughs> that was not a BS right there. Not BS. So, just so you know. All right. Every stitch a goodbye kiss. We're driving home from the kids' school in early November, trundling sedately over speed bumps in our Honda. Bare maple trees reach for gray sky on either side of the narrow residential street. You know, Mom, Xavier says, you didn't knit me any Oderos last year, even though I asked for one. That's because I ran out of time, I remind him. In December of 2019, my father-in-law, Richard, called to say that if we wanted to see him, we should come soon. He'd had a scare. The week before, he overheated in a parked car, vision graying out. Until then, Richard flirted with his oxygen tank, bringing it with him, but not using it. He reconnected himself to the tank in the nick of time. Later, the doctor said that if he had taken a minute more, he would have died just waiting for his wife to come out of the pharmacy. Instead of spending December crocheting stuffies in secret, I detangled us from our lives so we could drive from Canada to California. I didn't resent the lost time, but I had to choose the child that would get a stuffy no matter what. At 10, my daughter Lorelei's days of wanting stuffed animals were running out, and she was in a tailspin over her grandpa's looming death. I couldn't wave a wand and heal her grandpa, but I could wave a crochet hook and make a stuffy. I wound blue yarn into balls and I shoved them into my purse the night before we left. This could be the last year, I thought, my crochet hook rhythmically pulling up loops of wool as we drove through a heavy downpour somewhere in Oregon. I say this every year when I'm tired of making stuffies late at night. Someday they won't want them and you'll be sorry. I gave my Barbies to my sister the summer before sixth grade. Would Lorelai give her stuffies to Xavier when she was done? Every stitch I make feels like a goodbye kiss. My father-in-law's words proved prophetic. COVID came to North America in February. The U.S.-Canada border closed in March. Richard Douglas lived 10 more months, but we never saw him again. It's November 2020, and I'm making up for last year's party by going all out. We'll open presents, eat cinnamon rolls, and beat the crap out of a piñata. We have cowboy hats and fake mustaches. I'm still looking for a giant cardboard taco. Two blocks before we get home, I ask, Lorelai, what do you want for family party? A watch, a camera, ear studs, and a hoodie. I drive half a block before saying, 
if you want me to knit you something, I, I need to know soon. Can you make me a blanket? Is this it? Don't burden her with your feelings, Douglas. Sure. Let's pick out a color scheme together. That night, I tell my husband that Lorelai didn't ask for a stuffy. His face crinkles in sympathy. How are you doing? I thought I would know when Lorelai was done with stuffies, the way I know her mood by the way she walks. Nobody called to tell me to make one more stuffy while I still can. A good parent accepts her child as she is, but all I can manage is to smile, bereft. It's 9am on Black Friday and I'm at war. Why are all you people buying yarn right now, I demand as someone snatches the yarn out of my online shopping cart and buys it before I can. My baby wants a blanket and I will knit her one. I can already see Lorelai, a woman in her own house, telling friends, my mom made that for me. But people keep stealing my yarn. You're overthinking this. I click into the 10th page of results where good yarns go to die and choose the first acceptable yarn. 10 minutes later, I pump my fists victorious. I do not yell, in your face, out loud. But the glow from my success fades somewhere between closing my computer and frying potatoes in the kitchen. A month is plenty of time to make a stuffy. A blanket is a bigger project, and once again, I'm running out of time. A week later, I'm on the couch, knitting Lorelei's blanket, when she sits next to me. She reaches over to squish the yarn between her fingers. Something inside me says, did you ask Lorelai if she's done with stuffies? Or did you just assume she was because you were done with Barbies at 11? The voice is like a call in the middle of the night. Did you overthink this? I'll wrap the blanket around me when I'm in the reading nook or laying on my bed or anything, Lorelai says. Great. But just so you know, your blanket's really big, so it probably won't be done for family party. That's okay, though, because you don't want any stuffies this year, right? I keep my head down as I knit, but I look at her sidelong. Her eyebrows shoot up. But I always get a stuffy for family party. Play it cool, Douglas. You didn't ask for any, so I thought you were done with them. My best friend isn't done with stuffies, and she's 13. When I look at her, she says, It's okay if you stop knitting my blanket to crochet me a stuffy. Can I watch screens? She barely waits for my yes before bouncing off the couch in search of her tablet. Later, I page through stuffy patterns, Lorelai's blanket abandoned beside me. I got the call, and I need to drop everything to answer it. Last year's stuffy wasn't the last one. Is this the last one? My heart whispers, not yet. And I like how dry the end was. And <laughs> so that was so sweet. Thank and you. Sad. And hopeful <laughs> and sad. <laughs> I loved it so much. It was such a cute little like um, snapshot 
of your life. Mm. Yeah, it and it's funny because I would say that at that point when I started this, I kind of knew the tone I wanted to take. It was going to be kind of sad. Yeah. But I didn't want it to be sad that you're destroyed by the end of it. That that wasn't the sad I was going for. It's like, it was like, I don't even think it was like bittersweet. It was like sweeter than bitter, but still <laughs> a little, you know, I don't know what the word would be, but it wasn't quite bittersweet, but it was on like on the way there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was, it, it was a funny story. I, 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 I try to think, I try to think a little bit about what started it. And it was that that scene at the beginning where my son wants a he, he wants a live pig he wants all these things, and he want he wanted at the time when we were driving I could tell just just kid things, mm. and and he was easy because because he had he had kid things, and my daughter was getting complicated because she was just sort of straddling that line, yeah of, mm-hmm. of wanting. Of wanting things, because so there's there's a scene that that didn't make it into the into this printed version where you hear that my son Xavier wants a stuffed pig, a, a live pig. He wanted a robot. He wanted an iPad and a race car. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just a funny thing that it, it was just such a kid thing, and and my mm-hmm. daughter was was beyond that. <laughs> so he wanted like a pet pig. Yes. Yes, he, he wanted a pet pig. So. Got it. It's a good choice, honestly. <laughs> Me too. He loves pigs. <laughs> yeah, they they just get big, and you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't get the pig, is what you're I, I did not. I, I crocheted him a pig. Actually. Just as good. Just as good, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, and then less less mouths to feed when when they're crocheted. Oh, so. for and sure. Less yeah. poop. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So when you were sitting down to like write this, like, did you have like, how did you brainstorm the moments that you wanted to write about? Or did you have like, like, what did you start with? Like, was it just the idea or, or what? It, it was the first scene, actually, and which went through multiple changes and is not the first the way the first scene was at the beginning, mm-hmm. because it had a lot more to it. And I wanted to make this more about my eldest and less about my youngest. Mm. and and so that had to come out and but I knew that I was starting with us driving home from their school and I wasn't sure like the the scene where I talk about their their grandpa wasn't what I was going to talk about at all Mm -hmm. it just sort of showed up as I was writing it Mm. and I realized that these two things sort of were were linked Mm-hmm. Because it was still the it was still loss, definitely, and it was loss and it was COVID and and it it belonged there. So I, I just kind of listened to it, and at that point, I didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I I actually started writing this before I knew for sure what my daughter wanted, because <laughs> the scene just sort of tore at me, and then I was stalled on it. <laughs> Like, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> and then I had to wait. And then and then she showed up and was like, you can make me a stuffy. And then I thought, oh, I know that there are people that, that sort of wait. And sometimes I do when, when I have a story that's true to life and I want to talk about it. And you wait till it cools off a little bit and you can think about it. Mm-hmm. But this wasn't that story. 
No, I love and that it was live. I just, I just had to write it at the time that it was yeah. happening. Oh, and just sort of awesome. wait. It's like breaking news. Yeah, exactly. What's going to happen? <laughs> um, I think that was it your father in law? Yes. Who, okay. Um, condolences, by the way. Thank you. I think that fit in so beautifully because it was like you're talking about, you know, he's getting he's getting older, um, the issues around that. And then also kind of like your kids are getting older and the issues around that as well. It's kind of parallel in that way. That's kind of how I um, heard it while you were reading. Yeah. And, and none of that was in my mind at the time. I, mm-hmm. I feel like when we write the stories themselves that are going to live are alive as we're writing them and, and they tell us what they want to be mm. and we trim them as, as, you know, once we get the first level of it out, the first draft, but it, if it's a living thing, it's going to tell us where it needs to go. Definitely. Yeah. I feel that. And a lot of my short stories I write for this, um, where I just start with one thing that like, ends up not really being part of the whole picture but Mm -hmm. um it's like you said it's like a living breathing growing thing yeah and we have to let it do that yeah definitely Mm -hmm. it's really cute like it's just I just loved your language too I thought it was like very beautifully written so yeah like every word felt very intentionally chosen it I I get a little obsessive about that actually (laughs) and it was funny because I worked on this story in a in a Second City class for, for personal essays. And I just wanted to go through I had written a couple a couple of personal essays at that point and I wanted to see what I might have been missing if I if I hadn't had a class. Because when I went and got my MFA it was in fiction. So the idea of working with true to life things was a little harder. Um, and I like long stuff in general. So shorter was was different. And the the actual wording I kept changing and changing and changing, but it was it was interesting just trying to get that that down and, and talk to a, a group of people because we read these stories every week, and and I felt like that really helped get it to the point where I it sounded the way I wanted it to sound. Yeah, it's interesting that like you took a class to introduce you to like personal essay or like you know. For the milestones as well. I take classes mostly for the milestones most of the time. <laughs> but like um, Second City is known for being this comedy training center. And while there was a lot of uh, like a lot of moments of levity in your piece, it's not like laugh out loud funny totally as y- you would think you would think a class like that would probably leave you with. So I find that really interesting. And obviously haven't gotten to their classes I get like I know that there's a lot of thought that goes into you know comedy and like sometimes you, you don't have to be laughing the entire time neither do mm-hmm. you have to be the funniest person to take these classes exactly. um, <laughs> but like uh, can you talk about like um, your use of humor through the piece because like was it like organically found or did you intentionally make decisions in certain areas for that levity to appear that that's kind of how I write in general and, and how I like the inner monologue in my head tends to go when things get sad, I, I, I make jokes mm-hmm. and it's just in everything. Like when I was 21, I was in a car crash when my brakes failed around a curve on a hill Oof. and I hit a telephone pole 
Mm-hmm. And I had to go away in an ambulance and go to a hospital and they kept me overnight, blah, blah, blah. And the entire time I was cracking jokes <laughs> with, with the, first the, the paramedics and then with the nurses and they just loved me. They'd come in and they were like, we're going to look at your eye and we're going to do this. And I'm saying stuff and they're laughing. And it, it's how my family deals with stress, really. And just growing up, we, we laugh. Yeah. Because what else are you going to do? You have to, you have to go through it. And nobody says you can't laugh when you're there. And that's, that's how I, that's how I write often. A lot of the things that I write have humor in them, even if they're sad. Sometimes, especially if they're sad. Mm-hmm. And I feel that it helps people cope who are reading it too, because you can very definitely feel traumatized by a piece. And while there are people who write beautiful, elegiac, very, very sad things, I don't like to stay in that emotion the entire time I'm writing Mm. because I think people need breaks. And for me, storytelling, it's, it isn't just, here's my story. It's an interaction with the reader Mm. and I want them to go away having also had a cathartic experience and not just leaving depressed. Yeah, I, I still feel that. the same that's about so that. Well said. I like if I'm writing anything that's not in the genre of comedy, I'm still like, I don't know, I'm the same. Like, being funny is very core to who I am, so it's just gonna come out in mm-hmm. everything that like I do, even if it's like a drama or something. There's gonna be some kind of levity. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's just the it's just the the supposed cool kids at high school that are jaded about everything that Ugh. don't crack a joke. And who wants who wants to hang out with them anyway? I thought I felt Not that way <laughs> in film school. Like all these like super <laughs> intense short films everyone was making, and I was like, I'm gonna make a mockumentary about the Zac Efron um, cardboard cutout and how he lives in the girls' dorm with us. Like that's like. <laughs> And everyone and I like, would have watched that over yeah. everything else. And everyone else's was like issues of the day, which is there's a place for that. But like I was like, we're all here having fun. We're kids. Okay. Everyone chill out. Chill out. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's have some entertainment in our literary highbrow blah 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 stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like it comedy is underrated. It is. Definitely. 100%. I watched, oh, this is not really, well, okay, I'm just going to say this because it's random. (laughs) Do it. Have you seen the Sonic movie? (laughs) I haven't, although my my son is, I think he saw it and he liked it. Okay, good. Okay, so it's not good, right? Like, objectively, it's not, it's not good. But Jim Carrey, he's on a whole nother level on that movie. I don't know what movie he thought he was oh. making, but he killed <laughs> it. He was every time it was on the screen, I was like, you are going for that Oscar that you will never win for this movie. Like <laughs> so it's stuff like and that. You know what? Yeah. Good on him. Totally. Which we wouldn't expect anything other than that from him because he's exactly. like amazing. But like it's just like um there's so many performances or like writing and stuff that get overlooked by highbrow things Mm -hmm. 
um, just because it's like light. Exactly. And I, I have to say, I almost, I, I, I was going to say, I almost dislike the word light, but I, I don't actually. What I hate is the connotation. That serious stuff is sad. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. happy stuff is, is not serious because there's a mm. lot of serious comedy going out there. Well-crafted mm-hmm. makes you mm-hmm. laugh wonderfully. And maybe you're, you're mad too. And you feel this, again, this release. And as as human beings, we need that. It is totally. every bit as artistic. Yeah. Um, the office is coming to mind while I listen to you guys chat. Like, um, you know, Steve Carell never got nominated for his performance, you know? And it was such, oh, for sure. It was such a layered performance. Oh, and yeah. I feel like my favorite comedies, and again, goofy comedies I still love, but like my favorite comedy is when there's very real uh, emotions below it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like The Office does that so well because there are some real like <laughs> life questioning shit going under the surface, right? Yeah. People yeah, don't yeah. know where their life is going. They're worried they're making the wrong decision or, you know, all these things, which is very much like, you know, the human condition, right? But yeah. it's <laughs> what comes out of them doing it anyways and letting things shit hit the fan, you know, and people making their choices that they probably shouldn't make. And it's funny, you know, <laughs> like, I don't think you get to that, like, really great comedy without a lot of truth. Yeah. I oh, think absolutely. of Legally Blonde, for example, also. Mm-hmm. Classic. Which is tackling the patriarchy and undervaluing women and who do yeah. we consider worthwhile and and it's it's just an amazing amount of stuff to put into a piece where someone is presenting as Barbie, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And it it's it's extremely, it was very good for, for bringing a bunch of issues and making you confront them if, if you had the mind to see them. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Break down the walls, the ceiling, <laughs> all of it. Yes. <laughs> Bring it down. And I'm glad that you think, uh, you know, all this deep stuff about comedy because you are the co-editor of Greener Pastures magazine (laughs) which is you know well we know each other from second city classes but we also know each other from there so yes i also everybody read the magazine go follow us on twitter (laughs) submit your satire pieces yeah so that's awesome i love hearing you talk about comedy it's great oh i could talk about it way too long it would be very socially awkward but well, there you go. I'm glad you're starting your own podcast <laughs> because ours <laughs> is almost over. Give her a platform. I know, but that's so that you like feel like you have have to have to do it now. You yeah, know? yeah. Like you already have to. Literally, you've literally. But now we're peer pressuring. If you feel yeah. pressure, it's because it's there. Yeah, and that's the. Th- I feel the pressure that is there, <laughs> and and honestly, what all of us need a good swift kick in the pants sometimes because truthfully. I've been wanting to do this for like, I was thinking about it before we started Greener Pastures and I thought, you know, I'm going to do Greener Pastures and we'll see how that goes. And then maybe I'll do my podcast and I've taken a class for podcasting. Like I've, I've done all that. So yeah, I gotta, I, I want to get this done by the fall. Let's even put that out there further. Mm. So yeah. Is this Canadian fall? Does it, is it different than 
that our fault and our fall is so much politer than your fault. <laughs> okay, I believe it. You just put it out there. We have way more maple syrup than you do, except if you're in Vermont. And Vermont, we have better maple syrup than you do. Ooh. Just so you know. Shots fired. Shots fired to all our Vermont <laughs> listeners. Well, we just lost all those listeners. Thanks, Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um, well let us know when it gets going yeah we'll, we'll do whatever we can to support you thank you so much for sharing yeah, it with thank us you, um, Wonderful. Yeah, thanks for having me so beautiful um, where can our listeners find you online to read more of your work well you can find me at teresamdouglas.com and I am very creatively under uh, Teresa Report for my comedy at, on Twitter. Oh, I never knew the uh, separation. Why do you have the separation? I do because there is this thing that you may have heard of as we were talking about where if you're serious in the business world, which is Teresa M. Douglas, what my other Twitter is, I write about remote work and management and I decided I'm just going to keep those two things separate for now. That's so, probably a good whoa. idea. Yeah, I mean, until I turn into Sarah Cooper, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> until, like, it pays the bills. Yeah, probably. Exactly. So. I love that. And the Teresa Report, that's, like, really nice and catchy. Well, it's whatever I feel like talking about, so I figured that was vague enough. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I promise to tag you accurately on greener pasture stuff now that I know the separation because <laughs> I think I've mis mis um tagged you before. I just forward to the other one. It's no big deal. Oh, okay. If I lose, cool. if I lose anybody on the business side, it's it's their loss. Darn it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Just like all our Vermont well, listeners. Oh no! Subliminal messaging. <laughs> so, as you know from our podcast, uh, Christine and I dare each other every week to write a story based on a theme. Uh, so, because you're our guest of honor, uh, could you dare me to uh, dare me a theme that I need to write something about? All right. Well, since make it difficult. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ooh, Christina, you have some issues with Cassie. You should work on oh, that. Oh, she does. Um, this is the rage seen, pod. You should have seen <laughs> the things that she dared me to do. <laughs> well, I okay. Well, if we're gonna go random, I'm gonna go random. Um, I just bought my daughter a book that is in a steampunk universe. So I'm gonna say mechanical is your theme. Okay, I like it. I like it. I guess we're getting a steampunk episode. I mean, maybe, maybe. I don't read a lot of steampunk, so I'm not sure what like goes into a tone like that. I'll look it up. It's Victorian plus magic, just so you know. Oh, okay. We'll see. I'm I'm gonna take the basic mechanical Mechanical. and go from there. Okay, well, thank you for the dare. I accept. Uh, I just realized that we've been daring each other for like two years now, and we've never like <laughs> accepted the dare. Um, so I start today. <laughs> Delete all Your of mission. the the stories. Delete. Can we all re-record everything? <laughs> you could do Mission Impossible music on it. Your mission, Ooh. should you choose to accept it. Ooh, um, production. Um, okay. Um, um, um. 
production value would take us a level up. <laughs> level up. So well, I just gave you, I just did the soundtrack right there. So it's okay. I'm going to just put that on like repeat, like loop that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Teresa, for coming on. This has been a delight. Well, thank you for having me. It's been fun. Yes. So nice to meet you. Yay. And uh, thanks, listeners, for being here with us. We hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you next week with a new story. Bye. Bye. This episode of the Jamie Spits of Jam Storytelling Podcast was produced by Christina and Cassie. Music by the wonderful Grace Sai. Connect with us on Twitter at BitsoJam Podcast and on Facebook. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. We hope by sharing these stories and being open about our process and how we word vomit our first drafts, that you'll be encouraged to word vomit your own. The most important thing about writing is to write. Bum 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 b